0: Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown cast. Oh man, we are, uh, we're like not quite leading up to a blood week, right? This is what everybody wants to know when they see Jason Kirk in the streets. Is they're like, hello, Jason Kirk, Dean of blood week, high priest of blood week. In college football, are we indeed out of blood week? And typically, what Jason Kirk has to say is
2: no, no. I think Ryan is the high priest, seeing as this was all uh, originally his fault. I think I'm the youth pastor.
3: I well, you are the Aaron to my Moses. Can we Actually, do
2: that? I'm the I'm the like holy archivist because I'm <laughs> I'm the one who spent a day at the at the mall food court going through the old uh, the old records to compile a spreadsheet. I'm the I'm the monk in the in the abbot. Is that what it's oh, called? you're
1: the one who's got to stay behind in dairy. When we all defeat the clown the first time.
3: You know in you know in the fifth element when the aliens come and they're like, Here is the here is the weird brick you will need, and they give it to like the old monk. Yeah. You are that and I'm the weirdly shaped alien. They give me that too well.
2: Yeah, they give me that brick and I'm like, Ah yes. Minnesota created this brick (laughs) in in nineteen thirty seven, I remember it well. Row the brick. Row the brick. Throw the brick, as uh, someone did to Bill Curry at Alabama. Yeah. Because he won an SEC title, that asshole.
0: I have a. I have a, by the way, like, are you also the knight that is left behind to watch the Grail? The one who just sits in a cave for like, you know, what, 1,500 years?
3: The original blogger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's, Spencer, you're the closest to 1,500 years old. This has to I be. I am. Up. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> it would be. I would spend that t- long in a
0: cave waiting for someone to just give me the go. Right? You know what's
3: shocking about that scene? That dude is still wearing all his clothes. Like, yeah. If, if you were, if you were just guarding the Grail, which has been uh, remained untouched for centuries, you'd take your pants off, right? Anyway, this is BannerSociety.com. <laughs> yes.
1: Which it's we the... kept forgetting to mention. Now seems like a good time to bring that up.
0: It's the shutdown full cast. The only college football podcast on well the internet. internet's only college football
1: podcast
2: it yeah, is there the might internet. be some offline ones
1: yeah there might be some internet of things college football podcasts. There frankly, might be when a... those come
2: for you and your family we're gonna laugh <laughs> yeah those of you out there if you listen to a usenet or an arp net college football podcast um... or on
1: the other end of the spectrum if your smart fridge uh has opinions about notre dame
0: and it does uh move also, if it's a Notre Dame fan, your fridge is watching you because it's a cop. Cop fridge. There's a reason they only come in black and white. Damn.
3: Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> now we we're never, now we're never going to get that smeg partnership. So,
1: wow, that's not where I thought that was going.
3: You're welcome. Yes, yeah,
1: that, that was that was a good turn. You now know? now I'm experiencing different kinds of nausea.
3: Hey, everyone's having a good time here on the Shutdown (laughs) Fullcast.
0: I was, (laughs) I I keep waiting for us to hand out the podcast as a mixtape, right? Yeah.
1: Podcast mixtape, it's a mixtape. Oh, we should send Alex and Richard to Baton Rouge with mixtapes. Hey, welcome to our production meeting.
2: Yeah. We have literally posted a transcribed version before. I don't, there's nothing we could do that's sillier than that.
3: We've hijacked the PAPN feed, which went great. Um. yeah we're pretty much all possibilities are open here there, there we, are
2: no ideas sillier than what we've already done what opinion.
3: about one of those like engraved wax cylinders
2: yeah we'll shoot it oh, into oh like space. a player
3: piano that would just play us
2: yes. we, we fire it to Neptune and whoever lands on Neptune is like shit we gotta leave this solar system this place That's sucks right.
3: the aliens <laughs> who get there they're like we can't attack Earth Cassio dog is too powerful we'll be
2: the Earth defense force they'll be like yeah no intelligent life here Casio
3: dog,
0: 2001 theme. I would probably play that on the bongos, right? The
3: The
2: the bongo
0: pads. Um, Before we uh, get into our material in earnest, we do have... And there is material. <laughs> I promise. Ooh. But it first, is a laugh. brief digression it <laughs> from is Bongo Casio Dog. Um, we do we do have some uh, live shows coming up. Ryan, if you would uh keep brief everybody on those, our our locations, because um I forget the dates. I know that they're Jacksonville. And Friday, Charlotte.
3: Friday, October fourth, Charlotte, North Carolina. Location TBD, but we're getting close. We're narrowing in. I, I will I will share because I don't think it's going to be for either of these. I recently decided I would really like us to one day do a live show at a planetarium where nobody ever sees us. They just lie back in the seats and look at the night sky and hear us do our stupid podcast. Cassio Dog, Star Trek theme. Uh, Friday, November 1st, Jacksonville, Florida. Venue also not yet announced, although we're also getting close there. I am reasonably confident tickets for these are going to go on sale pr- sooner rather than later, Le- more than a week before the show at least. How about that? Will you take that?
2: I'll take that. I'd be thrilled with that. Okay. I think my favorite part of us remembering to do podcast business on the Evergreen episode is yeah. that this is designed to be listened to, you know, a month after the show. So if you if you missed it, good luck.
3: Yeah, that's right. Idiot.
0: Mm. Gotta get so, it.
2: So this is uh, another in our historical series on blood weeks, which are the weeks when the college football rankings all go completely to shit, particularly at the top 10 level. We have done a week one episode on 1990. We have done a bowl season episode on 2014 when the SEC West was completely full of shit. Uh, And now we're going to sort of make our way through the rest of the regular season bit by bit. Later in the year, you can do this on a weekly basis, uh, and we'll try and we'll try and keep up with that as best we can. There'll be some there'll be some multi-week episodes, but we will
3: we will fail.
2: Yeah, if if we try, we will not succeed. That <laughs> is our solemn vow to you, dear podcast reader. Um, but it's time to get caught up on what happens after week one. What happens after week one is September, and so here's the thing about trying to. Create a week by week thing uh, for college football seasons throughout history is these were not standardized or formalized in any way from era to era. Uh, a week one in 1950 means a completely different thing than a week one in 2019. So, what I did when I was putting together the spreadsheet of all this shit was I counted backward from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the one thing you can count on everything pivoting around. So a week three for example in 2019 terms if you take that in 1940 week three might be week one because the season was so much shorter but this at least standardizes things a little bit where it gets really awkward is in september this is like a a long time ago college football didn't even start until like mid-september so either way this is sort of the catch-up catch-all we're gonna do basically weeks two three and four kind of all at once in a big pile here you'll see what we mean um So I think what we we had an order that we talked about before. All right, I remember. (laughs) Killing it. Proud of you. Thank you. Remember, I'm the one with the script. Yeah. And even I can't. So 1984 is what we're going to start with here. Uh, The concept is Blood Week. Are we going to talk Blood Week with 1984? No. We're going to talk Blood Month. Because 1984 opens with a fucking carnival of insanity. This was... This was a season that people often point to it as the one year when the underdog finally came out on top. BYU was the champ. It was the last time a non-power um, won the national title. This was kind of the one year that vindicated, you know, everything about the little guy and how we got there was completely fucking insane. Brian, wh- what do you got?
3: Um, first of all, let's also remember that. Who did Who did BYU play in their national cha- their effective national championship game? The Holiday six Bowl. Six
2: and six, Michigan.
3: And why did they play six and six, Michigan? Because like five other teams said, no, your payout is too low, including Boston College. So... Man, you couldn't
0: you couldn't pay off. I'm sorry, that Range Rover it's not paid for,
3: <laughs> and it never will be because debt is our greatest asset. Boston College Athletics. Here we go. Uh all right, so here are the preseason top 5 from 1984. Auburn in order. Auburn, Nebraska, Pitt, Clemson, UCLA. Here are how many losses each of those teams had by the first October poll. Auburn, two losses. Nebraska, one loss. Pitt, four losses. Yeah. Clemson, two losses, UCLA, one. None of the top five escaped September with their uh, with their record intact. Here's what else happened in September, before October had begun. The number one team in the country had lost three times. The number two team had lost once. The number three team had lost twice. Let's kick it off in week zero with Auburn and Miami playing in New Jersey, naturally. Um, this was Jimmy Johnson's first year. Miami wins this game uh, on the strength of Bernie Kosar playing extremely well and Bo Jackson playing just kind of good. Uh, he had a fumble in this game as well. This is a Miami team that's coming off a national title. They're ranked number 10, Auburn's ranked number 1. I, this is not a terribly like crazy um, outcome because, you know, this is the defending national champion. This is Auburn fucking up with expectations. These are all things we're used to, so not too weird so far. Let's jump to what Jason has labeled Week 0.5, where Pitt, number three at the time, they do not end the season there, as you can guess, loses at home to unranked BYU. Given the fact that we've already established that Pitt was not a good team this year, we're okay with that. We can move on. Week one, now things get really stupid. So, Miami jumps all the way up to number one. They play number 14, Michigan. Yeah, they lose that game. Number seven, Notre Dame, loses to unranked Purdue. Purdue beats, in 1984, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan. Spencer, what do you think their final record was in a year where they won those three games?
0: Five and six.
3: Seven and five.
0: Not far. Not far off.
3: <laughs> what? How did you, like, Purdue, this is why you can't have nice things.
0: Now I maintain this is because they're such an intelligent school with so many smart people, they realized we can, only, we can only win seven games, so we need to pick the right seven. I bet those five were just like nobody Purdue cares about, but they just said, okay, we're allocating all effort to these games. The rest, that's exam time, boys. Go study.
3: So they're basically treating football as an RPG and you only have so many points that you can allocate.
0: Exactly. Do you know, like, you, you don't get to the moon by focusing on every every single detail with 100% effort, right? No, man, you just rig up a tin can, throw that thing up there.
3: I think the point is more that to get to the moon, you have to like go as spare as possible. Weight matters. And you can't like be, mm-hmm. you can't be held down by things like, well, it'd be nice to have an Illinois win. Nah, if there's not room for an Illinois win to get to the moon, throw it out. That's an Illinois loss now, baby.
0: You know, the guy I really identify with on the moon missions is, are uh, particularly the, you know, like the the first landing is michael collins the guy who's up in the uh the like the ship the guy who took the picture yeah well yeah the guy who's the guy who's you know at one point was the furthest away anybody's ever been from another human being because the minute that the two of them buzz aldrin and neil armstrong got back in the ship i would be messing with them so hard i would just be like
1: guys you've been gone for 12 years yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Am I really Michael Collins? How would, do you know that? I would
1: interstellar the shit out of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, he should He should have brought like a gorilla mask or something.
0: Yeah, or a beard, right? Like a long Rip Van Winkle beard. <laughs> Guys, no!
1: Are you mad? I am your daughter. I don't
2: need to sleep anymore. <laughs> I think my favorite Michael Collins thing is people are like, didn't you get so lonely up there? And he's like, what? No, it was awesome.
1: <laughs> it's like, have you met Neil Armstrong? <laughs>
0: What makes these two people have been pooping next
2: to your head for like a week? Yeah, you're you're th- you're
0: thrilled to get some alone time.
2: Like Buzz Aldrin is like space Jim Carrey, and Neil Armstrong doesn't speak. It was great. <laughs> it's like, what y'all are back?
0: Oh God.
3: Mm-hmm. Um. Also in week one, number nine Alabama loses at home, or, well, sort of at home at Legion Field to number. Just eight, like going to space, this never happened. To number <laughs> yes. eight, to number eighteen, Boston College. Bama blew a seventeen-point lead in the third quarter of this game.
0: Seventeen yep. points.
3: Yep, I, I, agree I full
0: play.
1: cat thinks that shit.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure that went over really well with the fans back home.
3: Uh, don't worry, it's gonna get worse for Bama.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah, oh, thank great. God.
3: Number twelve, Arizona State loses at home to unranked Oklahoma State, forty-five to three. At home, is that bad? Yeah, at home. <laughs> Now, to be fair, this the, so Arizona State was ranked 12th, but this was a year after they went 6 4 and 1. So, like, I don't know, I don't understand anything. Week two, number three, Michigan coasting after you may recall just beating the number one team in the country, Miami, at home against Washington. They lose 22-11 in a game that isn't as close as it sounds and is so uh, they play so poorly on the offensive line that Bo Buckler says if it gets any worse, he's going to go out and play left tackle.
1: <laughs> oh, they're old Bo <laughs> Uh,
3: Number five, Iowa loses his home to number 12 Penn State. It's the only road game Penn State won all year, and it is like every other Penn State-Iowa ending you've ever seen. It comes down to late in the game. Iowa has a fourth and one on the Penn State 29. They're down three. There's two minutes left. They don't convert. Um, this is also a reminder that independent Penn State was way more interesting than Big Ten member Penn State. Here's who. Here's some of who they played this season. Iowa, Texas, Alabama, West Virginia, Boston College, Notre Dame, and Pitt. Like, I would much rather watch that Penn State season than them going through the Big Ten motions now. Uh, I said Alabama was going to have it get worse. It got worse. Number 19, Alabama loses to unranked Georgia Tech. Oof. And in the process, in larger context, in Bama's first five games of 1984, they go 1-4. in four. The four losses are the Boston College game we talked about, this Georgia Tech game which they lost 16 to 6, a 9-point home loss to Vanderbilt, and a 10-point loss to Georgia at Legion Field. This wound up being Bama's first losing season since 1957 and ended a 25-year bowl streak for the Tide. I cannot imagine a coach now who would survive a 1 in 4 start at Alabama.
0: I don't know about 1 in 3, man. <laughs> Like, maybe if it was Nick Saban and Nick was like, I'm going through some stuff, y'all. I'm just not just not feeling it. They'd be like, you, you earned that. That's fine. Wait, is
1: this how Alabama finally comes to, like, recognize that mental health treatment, that there's no stigma attached to mental health? No. Can you imagine how fast we could get that entire population to swerve like a school of tuna if Nick was like, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy has really helped me through a lot of things. And they're like, hell yeah, Nick, get your feelings out.
3: Yeah, let's cry. Depression is real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, week 3, number 2 Clemson loses to number 20 Georgia. This doesn't matter a ton because Clemson was on probation this year anyway. Uh, but Georgia won this game 23-20 on a 60-yard field goal with 11 seconds left after coming down from uh, after coming back from being down 20 to 6 at halftime. Number 4 Miami loses at home to number 15 Florida State. And so that means Miami has done the following in their September. Beaten the number one team in the country. Beaten an in-state rival easily. They beat Florida 32-20 to at Tampa Stadium. Yum. Uh, lost as the number one team, the Michigan game we talked about, and gotten stomped by an in-state rival. Uh, Bernie Kosar got benched in the third quarter of this game, and Miami only scored, I think the final score of this game was 38-3. Miami kicked that field goal when they were already down three scores. Great job. Number 18, West Virginia loses at home to unranked Maryland. A team that has lost at home to this... uh, Maryland at this point has lost at home to Syracuse and Vanderbilt, and then they go on the road to Morgantown and give West Virginia its first L of the year. Week four, to wrap it up, probably the biggest, dumbest, craziest upset of early 1984. Number one, Nebraska loses on the road. I will get... uh, Spencer or Holly, I will give either of you five dollars if you can tell me who this who this opponent is.
0: Give me the give me our context one more time.
3: Uh, this is number one Nebraska losing on the road in week four in a ga- I'll give you one more piece of information: a game that aired on USA Network. Damn! Oh shit!
0: Yeah. In week four, was it
3: hosted yep. by a sexy nurse? <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm going to go, if it was 84 and it was Nebraska and we're talking a weird loss. Yeah. Um, I, Illinois. I don't know. Right colors. Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse
3: the week before at home had been shut out by Rutgers 19 to zero and then they turned around and beat number 1 Nebraska. Tom Osborne Nebraska. This was the first time Nebraska had been held to one touchdown they scored I think 9 points in this game and the other two were a safety Syracuse gave them at the end of the game for no just you know to have it be done with. This is the first time they've been held to one offensive touchdown since 1981 and they only put up 214 yards of offense in this game. And it was only on USA Network characters welcome. Number twelve Georgia loses to unranked South Carolina. Gosh, it'd be a shame if that happened this year. Who's to say what year I'm talking about doesn't matter? That's I believe.
0: I believe if that's '84, we talking uh, that would be the Black Magic uniforms. This is the first time South Carolina wears black, and uh, this is this is by the way, this is by the way, all uh, South Carolina doing really well. You're like, oh yeah, man, Joe Morris, it's got them cooking. Yeah, go go look at what Joe Morrison and that coaching staff was doing with the players. Might have been some chemical enhancements shh, there. Shh,
3: That's that fine. In the 80s, that doesn't matter.
2: No, it's called magic. <laughs>
3: it's called vitamins. 1984 South Carolina was, for whatever reason you may determine, uh, a really good team. They're an independent at this point. They beat Georgia, Notre Dame, Florida State, and Clemson. And then the week before Thanksgiving is the number two team. They lost on the road to, to a, Navy to a sub 500 Navy team. <laughs> like there was a real, there was a real path for South Carolina to play to potentially win the national championship. Because if they had, if they beat Navy and they win their bowl game, their cases, they're undefeated and their cases undoubtedly stronger than BYU's at that point.
0: Yeah. By the way, the coach of that team, Joe Morrison, also had his mistress. His mistress followed him along with his wife to Columbia, South Carolina. Five years later, he will die in the shower after a racquetball game as the NCAA and other authorities converge on Columbia to drop the hammer on the South Carolina Gamecocks program. It's perfect. It's the most South Carolina story ever. Most people don't know it because it happened back in the basic cable days.
3: Because it involves racquetball. Yeah. Uh, number 13 Clemson in week four lost to number 18 Georgia Tech Uh, Clemson came back from down 21-0 to tie this game but then Georgia Tech scores a touchdown with 33 seconds left Clemson at this point has all three timeouts and they fuck up the squib kick Georgia Tech recovers it Clemson basically doesn't get the ball back (laughs) to try and tie this game and send it to overtime
2: the old Botched squib.
3: It was. It's so on. Un- this whole. For some reason, you know how sometimes you're like, wow, this game from three years ago, it, I can't find it anywhere on YouTube? This whole game is on YouTube. <laughs> it's great. Don't watch it. Uh, number 15, USC, loses at home to unranked LSU uh, with a new head coach. They're coming off a of four and seven year. The only thing I want to say about this, and then I'm done with my spiel on 84, uh, this is from a Sports Illustrated article. About this game. Afterwards, a tiger fan poked his head into the team bus and said, "Coach, I just want to let you know we're with you." Said the man solemnly. For now, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, eighty eighty four is fucking wild. Eighty four was just like a total a total mess of a year. That's so, so
2: to me, eighty four is in one way an example of how we would like to see the non-power, the mid-major, the group of five, whatever you want to call them, those teams, we'd like to see them get actual shots and actual consideration when they go undefeated. Um, At the same time, (laughs) this BYU team was not anything that anyone could consider especially elite. I think in the playoff era, this is a team that you would love to see them get the four seed. Right, you know, like a 2017 UCF. You would like to see that team get a shot as a four seed, as a one seed. No, no. Um, but because of the way the the media polls work, especially back in the 80s, is if you get one good win. You are at, you now have a floor. You will only climb as you continue to win. So BYU beats that shitty number three pit and they're locked in with a floor of number 13 and then they move up as other teams lose. By the end of the year, they're the only team with a zero in the loss column. So uh, shit, I don't know. I guess they're the champ. Whereas if you put them in a playoff, they would be an underdog to like Nebraska. If they beat Nebraska or Oklahoma, then they're going to be an underdog. Yeah. Washington yep. is your most likely national champ. Yeah. If Florida isn't on a bowl ban, Florida is your most likely national champ. So now we have a situation where if we'd had a playoff, we have instead of a first time champ and a non-power for the first time and (laughs) maybe until the end of time, we have a team that was going to win another title within the next decade anyway. And suddenly, even 1984, even the year that started with all this mayhem and chaos and all, is it's, it's as chalky as everything else around it.
3: Now, here's here's why it was good that it worked out this way, because they play Michigan in the Holiday Bowl, as you said, a 500-Michigan team. And going into that, Bo Schembechler is basically, like, saying a lot of these things out loud, like, I don't think BYU is that good, I think, like... We've faced tougher defenses, tougher passing attacks, whatever. Uh, They blow a lead in the fourth— Michigan blows a lead in the fourth quarter of this game. BYU wins, holds on to number one. And afterwards, Bo Buckler says, Brigham Young should be outlawed. Absolutely (laughs) outlawed. Why? Because they hold too much. That's basically his complaint and his basis for outlawing either— a religious figure or a football team or a university or all three. Hard to say. Bo Schembechler was the crankiest man in the world, and I
2: love it. Yeah, didn't they have a whole actual war about whether to outlaw Brigham Young like <laughs> 200 years ago or whatever? I, this I has don't already know, been
0: covered, Bo. I, I don't know, but if it if it took winning a battle in Pasadena, Schembechler wasn't doing it. Oh. Yeah.
2: Not awesome in Southern <laughs> we'll, California. We'll fight you in the Rose Bowl, Bo no! we'll fight No! We'll fight you on the West Coast. Shit, outfoxed again. Uh,
3: so that's 84. I ran through it quickly because there's just a lot there, and I don't want to take any more time from my wonderful colleagues.
2: No, we're fine. We're on course here. With 84, the thing is, like, we didn't have a playoff. Therefore, we had a wacky ending. Therefore, the whole season is viewed as good and beautiful. Whereas if we'd had a playoff, it would have funneled everything toward one of the actual good teams and we would say, oh, how boring. Oh, how boring. A big power won it, Um, which is kind of the situation we're in right now in real life where the playoff funnels everything towards the same two teams. Even if they happen to drop a game, you know, they get a second a second life, a second wind. If we go back to the 1970s. Then we see an actual extreme of what actual chalky football looks like. Like anyone who looks right now and sees Clemson-Bama, Clemson-Bama, Clemson-Bama. This is ahistorical. This is unique. This is weird. No, not even close. Uh, Go back to the 1970s for an extreme. If you apply a playoff to the 1970s, every single fucking year is Alabama, Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State, Oklahoma, over and over and over. Texas and Michigan would be your curveball teams. So... The fun of going back and looking at this shit is like getting to look at it with and without that playoff lens that we have right now um, because it really skews and filters things in fascinating ways. In the 70s, on the subject of Blood Weeks, we're not just talking on that year-to-year basis where it's the same fucking powers every single season. They also had, you know, after going back through every year looking for Blood Weeks, every every decade looking for blood weeks the 70s are just light on them it it just it barely ever happened except for one year when we had two in a row which was 1974
0: yeah in 1974 uh when you get into september as the season lurches to a start uh one week at a time we kind of had to break up the games when you look at them because there's a uh there's your week 2, which is really week 2 in quotes and week 3, which is week 3 in quotes because they don't exactly match up the way you wanted to, but there is a ton of turnover and I'm not just talking for like upsets where one team is beating another team. I mean, one where one team beats another team and then immediately drops the ball the next week. Right? Where you go, "Haha, now they've beaten that team, they're going to lose." No, no, no. That that happened. Looking at you Wisconsin, we should just start with them because Number four, Nebraska rolls into uh, Camp Randall to play Wisconsin, a team that they should annihilate with a powerful rushing attack. Um, And they do get like around 260 yards rushing. um, And they lead for all but three minutes and 29 seconds of the game. Unfortunately for Nebraska, the last three minutes and 29 seconds are the part that they decided to give up the lead on because – um, what's a classic Badger win? That's right. One that's decided by powerful long range passing. It's a 79 yard TD with three minutes and 29 seconds against the Black Shirts. Uh, and they win 21 20. Because this is 1974, a little harder to find facts about this than it might be for 84 08. That still didn't keep me from finding out that the name of Wisconsin's running back at the time was Larry Canada. <laughs> larry canada like what's what do we think of when we think of terrifying Yeah, what are you doing i'm bringing okay canned beer and socialized health care to your goal line this, this is like
3: me. the character who got cut from mike tyson's punch out
0: <laughs> yeah what does he do he's very polite <laughs> succeedingly polite he didn't even score the winning touchdown he left that to a wide receiver wait a wait a guy Nebraska, by the way, in this game, 47 yards passing. Not not, not that that's a surprise. I'd just like to remind you what it was like to be punched in the face by a classic Tom Osborne offense for four quarters. Uh, So number four, Nebraska drops in week two, instantly drops a game. That leaves, um, you know, a dependable program that never disappoints, like LSU. Um, They're playing in Baton Rouge against Texas A&M. And uh they they lose this one 21-14. Remember this was a bitter bitter rivalry before we woke it back up. <laughs> yeah and, stop but, doing that. Yeah, don't yeah, <laughs> this you should have let this sleep with the ancients. instead, you moved the stone off the sarcophagus and let this mummy free.
1: Why'd you do that Now it's got anxiety.
3: Hey, cool idol. is it okay if I take it home?
1: Perfectly good mummy. <laughs> This is like y'all remember last year when they opened up that dark sarcophagus in the desert yeah and there was there was a mysterious red liquid inside it and a change.org pe- petition to let people drink from the sarcophagus and gain its powers that's actually a side point to the guy I'm remembering which was the guy who has never seen any movies who went immediately on BBC uh, right after this and said you know people talk a lot about curses but I stuck my entire head in the sarcophagus and I'm fine. <laughs> i'm like motherfucker have you watched television in your life have you watched television
0: so this would be this would be the equivalent of lsu being like hey we're gonna put our head in this aggie what could go wrong ew yeah that's that's not strike that (laughs) Nope. let's revise that we can go back right it stays
1: nope Nope. Uh, now it's canon you got your head stuck in it
0: Uh, yeah, twenty one fourteen. The Aggies go in there. Are you uh, calling
1: the Aggies your personal honeypot.
2: The Aggies go in there. Oh
0: god, Death Valley. Wait, it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just
2: crevices as far as the eye no! can see. No,
1: no. So
2: hot, so humid.
1: Oh, that. Hey, you did just have an enormous rash.
2: The uh, speaking of the, speaking of an enormous crash. It never rains in Tiger Stadium. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Uh, number seven, LSU. <laughs> Neck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. uh number 7 lsu immediately spits the bit and blows their ranking it used to wow. be a lot easier to What, get are, what are you doing? <laughs> Just keeping it going. Um wait what's the 70s? No. Hey, it's the 70s.
3: Stop doing that. This yeah, is becoming dude. a body horror episode. It's the
0: 70s. It's a Home Loss in Baton Rouge. It's always a body horror episode then. <laughs>
1: there are teeth growing out of my calves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally natural.
3: They're delicious.
0: Ah! should know this by the way because names are the one thing you can find from 1974 lsu's quarterback billy broussard and thank he's, you god who's he backed up by carl otis trimble <laughs> outstanding um that leaves you know that's number seven down in one week how about Why number would you eight Go
1: by carl if you had otis sitting right there i assume the otis is in quotes I, w- I would prefer that the Carl was in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and Carl Otis Trimble.
2: He should I'm be a sure special. It's not Carl Otis.
0: Carl Ooh,
1: <laughs> That sounds like a kind of hothouse flower.
0: Yeah. And his daughter, Coleti- Coleti- Carl Otisa. Oh, God Carlotisa. Carlotisa. Um, that leaves number eight. I love it when you call me Carlotisa. Carlotisa. Um. This leaves number eight, Penn State, who, yeah, yeah, Ryan, you're right. Independent Penn State, a much more interesting football team. That Way kind more of, fun. Yeah, they should really go back to that because uh, they ended up having these fascinating schedules like where they played uh, an unranked Navy team uh, and they played them at home, right? Comfy, easy win. Nope. Monsoon swept through. Um, there are conflicting reports about the total number of fumbles in this game. Um, nice. Penn State, Penn State definitely lost two of them. There are reports that they fumbled up to nine times. What do you mean up to nine? Okay. Based on based on some eyewitness reports and articles ah. and a couple of forum discussions, because that's what I had to do for some of these games was rely on people oh, right. going, it's I old. think they fumbled nine times. Um, anyway, they lost two, missed four field goals, and Joe Paterno was so desperate for points in this game that after Navy put together a voyage of a drive to score a touchdown in the second quarter, Penn State responded on the next drive and with the score at 7-6 in the second quarter, Joe Paterno went for two. That's how bad the rain was and that's how much they were convinced that they were never getting near the end zone again. They miss it. Uh, Missing the two-point conversion ends a 21-game Penn State win streak. And Navy wins 7-6. Surely in week two, number 10 could stand up to things. Nope, nope. Frank Broyles, Arkansas, team at home facing an unranked Oklahoma State. Yeah, they get blasted 26-7 by the Cowboys. Uh, Arkansas also loses to Baylor that year. If you're wondering, oh, man, that must be one of the two times in the history of Baylor football that they were good. That's correct. Grant Taft is – there, and they go 8-4 and four that year. Uh The Cowboys, by the way, and like I said, I think it was easier to get ranked back in the 70s. The Cowboys go from unranked to 12. Hell yeah! But, yeah, you know what they immediately do with that 12 ranking? Boom! Shoot themselves in the foot by losing to that Baylor team, 31-14.
3: Isn't that shit so much better than now where you start with the preseason rankings and it's like, oh, you lost by 12 week one. It's like, Whoa, we're going to have to drop you four spots for that. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you were saying it was the 70s, by the way. Like in, uh, this,
3: in the 70s, 3-0 and Cal that's beaten Washington is the number
0: four team in the nation.
3: And that's insane and great. We should do that.
0: Same week. We're not even out of that week yet. Week, week quote two, unquote. Uh, that would be UCLA. Number 12 UCLA being coached at this time by Dick Vermeil. You may remember that name. He's a former Kansas City coach, and he was the coach of the greatest show on turf. The St. Louis Rams, and he was also the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles the time they made the Super Bowl, uh, but didn't win it. Right with Ron Jaworski at quarterback, that Dick Vermeil. He's coaching UCLA at the time, and this game has the best quote that I found in any of this research, any of it. There's a couple of good quotes. This one has the best one. This is a terrible Iowa team. Awful. Like they are as. Bad and unwatchable as we joke about Iowa being good and unwatchable right Wait, now. Wait,
3: is this the quote?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> better. I was
3: like, God yeah, damn, this is-, this is spicy shit.
0: I'm going to get
2: what there. This had to
0: say. Yeah. Iowa, by the way, going into this game, uh, in Kinnick, they had lost 12 in a row.
1: Outstanding.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, UCLA fumbles six times in this game. They lose three of them. All right. And Iowa wins 21-10. Fans tear down the goalposts. And in the locker room, post game, uh, in the pink locker room. It's not pink at the time, Hayden Fry painted it in the 80s, but you know. Mm. Indulge me with the fictional licensing.
1: Ha ha, like a cervix. Uh-huh. Pink like a cervix from which you emerge into the world naked and screaming.
0: Speaking of naked and screaming, Dick Vermeil post-game. Uh, <laughs> he gets his team together and I guess as a real motivator of men, Dick Vermeule says, gentlemen, you've just lost to the worst team in America. Shit,
2: yeah.
3: (laughs) And Dick Vermeule was like, (laughs) <laughs> I think, like, kind of thought as a fairly nice guy, right? No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Philly, I, he was a Philly. He uh, was okay. a. Wait, am uh, I
3: thinking of like old, later old? Oh, you're um, thinking I'll, of I'll later cry. Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil. Okay. No, Dick
0: Vermeil is the guy who made the two point conversion chart yeah. that everyone uses because he didn't want any piece of the game to be left up to chance. He was a taskmaster. He was a robot. So this totally makes sense for like young Dick Vermeule, who later became the kindly grandfather that you remember from Kansas city. Okay. Right. Yeah, And from St. Louis. No, this, this, this man is, this man is driven cold and ruthless. and so told Dick, his, Dick
3: Vermeule is basically like, Oh, grandpa, he's such a nice man. It's like, yep. He made all his money denying insurance claims in the fifties.
0: Yep. He'll give you a worthers. So surely in the same week, number 14, Playing a pitiful unranked Florida team, just switching to running the wishbone. Shirley Maryland and Kit No, no. They they lose to an unranked Florida team. Uh where running is, the a-
3: where is this game?
0: Uh this game, this game is in Florida. Okay. So there is that. It's a 17-10 victory for the Florida Gators. Um, they are running the wishbone under future University of Tennessee athletic director and then gators coach Doug Dickey. So 14 drops a game here. Stanford at 19, what could be more dependable than Stanford playing an unranked Illinois team? Remember, Illinois, we've always been awful. Um, except this day, because uh, the I blasted them. 41-7, with a guy named Chubby Phillips at running back. Fuck yes. Chubby Phillips. This whole thing, by the way, you knew it was going to happen because the game program for Stanford that day shows a Stanford player in a tackle where it looks very much like he's taking a helmet to the nuts. So <laughs> just kind of had to know this was coming.
3: Well, that's like the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy kind of looks like that, doesn't it?
1: I don't
0: know why we're in the 30s <laughs> now. I just it's, decided. It's the pose of excellence when you can take two, but stay at number one. It's yeah. Rolling
1: bandages on the sidelines for the boys in the Crimean War. <laughs> uh,
0: and then, then, in case week two wasn't bad enough, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a ranked Houston. It was number eighteen Stanford at home, and then it was a number nineteen Houston loses to an unranked Miami team, uh, twenty to three. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes then, of course, take all of that momentum, move forward, and two weeks later, they lose to Auburn three to zero. So, in other words, Auburn's always been that. Auburn's always,
3: always been this way.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, moving on to number three. Uh, Week three, just in case we didn't have enough chaos, and this is where we get to the really good stuff. Uh, Notre Dame is number two. They are playing an unranked Purdue in South Bend and uh, come out there as favorites. Eric Parsegian, fresh off a national title. And what do they do? Uh, They allow 24 points in the first quarter to Purdue. (laughs) and lose 31-20. The Sports Illustrated article for this is a prosecutable felony, in terms of overwrought sports writing, I will only share one word from this entire thing. At this point, the writer for Sports Illustrated listed them as the spoiler makers.
3: Oh god. Hey, how many how many games do you think uh 74 Purdue won besides this game?
0: Uh I believe they went 6 and
3: 4? Four? 4 6 and 1.
1: 4 6
0: and 1. All right.
3: Ah, so
1: th- that's different.
0: Yeah. 4 Six and one. Dyslexically, I was almost right. Um, th- it's interesting that you mentioned that 1984 uh, Purdue win over Notre Dame didn't take place in South Bend. Purdue beats Notre Dame in South Bend in '74. When's the next time they win? 2004. They didn't beat the Irish again until 2004. <laughs> per- it's Purdue that's Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> this- Ooh, <laughs> they're back. Don't go near the sewer. There's math in there.
2: <laughs> I mean, we've all seen their mascot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dear.
0: So that's number that's number two going down that week. Uh, number six, Texas playing uh, a mediocre Texas Tech team with a freshman Earl Campbell. Yeah, they lose twenty six three. Just just blow it. Texas Tech's actually like uh, a six game win or six win team that year. They they don't turn out to be that bad, but at the time, out of nowhere. Uh, blowing a game in Lubbock 26-3. to uh, This leads to number seven, Arizona State. At that time, coached by maybe my favorite Pac-12, future Pac-12 team coach ever, Frank Cush, who the field is currently what? named for. Frank Cush. Ah. Uh, K-U-S-H, Frank Cush. That, that's what I thought you said. Uh, yeah, they lose 9-0 to Mizzou. <laughs> God, that had to be... How interesting. I'd rather watch... Would you rather watch 3-0 or 9-0? I would rather, I'd rather watch 3-0. That's just exquisitely bad. No, I'd, I'd
3: rather watch 9-0 because I think it creates more um, more anxiety on the part of the, the team that's behind.
1: I'd rather watch 3-0 because 9-0 seems to portend that things might change at some point, and 3-0 gives it to you like it is.
2: I like Here. 9-0 because you can joke about it being a three-score game.
0: Ah. or it's or in some schools that that's a what that's a five score game that's
3: a five score game five
0: score game for some schools yeah Mm. um number eight pit that's right doesn't it just roll off the tongue ah (laughs) number eight pit uh lost at home clearly there's
2: an error here that needs to be fixed
0: (laughs) (laughs) there there actually is because if you look at the score in the New York Times archive for this, it says Pittsburgh falls 16 to 79 to the Trojans. It's like God, that that's happen. a rugby score. Good cut. No, it was it was 16-7. There's just some sort of coding error. Um, in more crimes against sports writing, this is the subheader for the 16-7 Trojans victory over the ranked eight Pitt Panthers. For connoisseurs of the hipper dipper, the zigzag, and the shoulder Face. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ, what? Mister
0: Davis of USC outdistanced Mister Dorset a pit one forty nine yards to fifty nine, <sighs> but much of the credit for the Trojan sixteen seven win belonged to his cohorts.
1: I'm glad Grant and Little Rice is dead.
0: It it gets so much, it gets so much worse, man. Like, so much worse. There's another one here. And the fabulous TD who made all America as a freshman, who gained 200 yards against Notre Dame, who could dodge between the bullets on a machine gun practice range. It wouldn't have been an even jazzier promotion except the NCAA cracked down at the last minute. And USC and Pitt also had to suit up all those dull tackles, fullbackers, linebackers, and have a regular football game. That's one sentence. One sentence. In all of this, Edi- right? Good, good, edit-
3: good editors
0: are to be treasured. Yeah, you can turn up. This was, by the way, in the classic era of SI. For connoisseurs of the hipper dipper, the zigzag and the shoulder fade. I. I Mr. To, Davis need, of USC. I need you
3: to stop. I need you to stop. Which one? <laughs> I, I need everyone Everything. to stop. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, pitch. So thank you. I
3: think I just had a small panic attack. <laughs> you just got
1: through saying you'd rather watch a 3 0 oh, or 9 0 oh game because it's more anxiety.
0: Yeah, I, have good, I, I changed my mind. <laughs> I, have, I have good lung capacity. That's like a nine breath opening paragraph. I'm so mad at USC. Reading for that, that is happen. the
1: real end of the deep.
0: It, it is. Um, Who read that? Number L, oh, don't worry about it. it was, I want to know. It was uh, name names. them and shame them. Joe Jarrus.
1: What the hell? Joe
0: Jarrus. Asshole. Um, number 11, Wisconsin. Remember Wisconsin? Fresh off that upset. Remember, if you upset anyone, they just sort of put you in those like, like pre-teen, sort of 11 <laughs> or 12. Spot.
1: I found somebody on Twitter who's not that Joe Jarris, but his bio is just a dude trying to wrap his problems away. And how.
0: But yeah, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, fresh off that upset, immediately falls to 11. All of that momentum, they're playing Colorado, and they um, they lose
1: 24-21. I have found Joe Jarris' photo. It's exactly the kind of person you think would say something like that.
0: Yeah, he's got the '80s power glasses and a gigantic tie knot. Yeah. Oh, a
1: wise guy!
0: Number twelve, Oklahoma State. Again, remember this is this is the power of an powered ups-
3: by victory.
0: Yeah, uh. po- powered by victory. What could they do? What waits for them? Yeah, that's right. They they rank twelve because that's the upset slot. They immediately drop a game to Baylor, and then number fourteen, Tennessee. Man, what could go wrong? Nothing. When you're depending Shit. on Tennessee to Wait, win a game was
1: I wasn't alive I'm not taking credit for that
0: yeah guess guess who the, guess who they're playing by the way they're playing Auburn I would prefer not to guess <laughs> you don't even have to like I could have just gone into this blind they would be like uh let's see this is uh this is auburn in a game they're not supposed to win against a ranked team yeah yeah they they ruined it by the way they they completely ruined it upsetting the Tennessee volunteers Uh, yeah now the conclusion in this is the fun part when you talk about 1974 because we're making it sound like 1974 was this like after these pivotal two weeks of upsets and upheavals like it was going to be super controversial right like, oh, yeah, there's no telling what's going to happen. You start off with that preseason poll of Oklahoma at one, Ohio State at two, Notre Dame at three, Alabama at four, UFC five, Michigan six, Nebraska seven, Penn State eight, LSU nine, and Texas ten. Uh, that, that final poll, when you look at it, man, it's it's not that much different. Not a whole lot moves. Number one's Oklahoma. Number two's USC. Number three is Michigan. Number 4 is Ohio State, number 5 is Alabama, number 6 is Penn State. Does this all sound familiar? Yeah. It should sound It should sound very familiar. All of this happened and nothing shifted. Absolutely nothing. Just rearranged the deck chairs. The best part about the 1974 season is this. That in all of this, you may not have heard the name Oklahoma a lot. There's a reason. Oklahoma <laughs> wins. Oklahoma wins all Oklahoma of their games. Oklahoma was actually
1: still at the bottom of the ocean at this time.
0: It was. And it surfaced and the king of Atlantis was Barry Switzer.
3: Can I digress very quickly to talk about the rule Actually, ranching.
1: he totally would chain his daughter to a rock.
3: Can I can I digress to talk about the rule changes for the seventy-four season? Yeah, sure. You had to um, wear
0: shoulder pads for the first time.
3: Yes, shoulder pads are required equipment for all players prior to this. Kickers and wide receivers frequently played without them. Um players who enter the field are required to remain for one play and players who leave the field are required to stay on the bench for one play. That ended the practice of sending messenger players in to send in the plays who then left without participating in said play. Um, Ah. And my favorite one successful field goals must now travel between the uprights. Previously a field goal was declared good. If the ball went over an upright, which apparently is still the rule in the NFL. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and most importantly, that role became important in the 1974 Ohio State-Michigan game where what would have been Michigan's game-winning field goal was declared no good because it went over the left, up, right instead of inside.
2: So, three things here. One, Oklahoma, clearly the best team, towered above everyone else, but there is some fun there because they were NCAA probation ball banned from the postseason and the AP poll, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oklahoma being Oklahoma. Get, getting student athletes compensated. you? Um, um, by is, the way, if we had a playoff, it would have been Bama versus USC boring and and, and Ohio State, Michigan rematch so they can figure out their fuel gold lasers <laughs> problem. <laughs> so your title game is probably Bama versus Ohio State. And uh, so so either way, your, your national champ is, you know, as, now, as of now, it's Blue Oklahoma black. fair and yeah. square. If we had a playoff, it's probably Alabama. Either way, we found all these wacky ball moments of joy buried underneath the top of the standings. It's like there's a lesson here.
0: That was. Um, can I give you Barry Switzer, by the way? Who it should be pointed out. When did Oklahoma go on a bowl ban and probation under Barry Switzer? Year two, baby. <laughs> Year two. <laughs> Starting hot. Barry Man. Switzer,
3: two <laughs> <do> crimes. <laughs>
0: I'm just getting this out of the way early, setting a tone. <laughs> you know what? They, he probably thought of it that way, too. He was probably like, you know what? I want everybody to know. Best deal, best compensation, best benefits. Oklahoma Sooners.
2: I like Come to imagine
3: down. that Barry Switzer is um, McGruff the crime dog's brother. And they're just not alike in any way.
2: <laughs> like, 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 yeah, McGruff well. the do-crimes dog? <laughs> yeah. Oh, ba- hey, we do got we the- have
3: a mascot?
2: Do fam- we just
1: create our mascot, the Duke crimes <laughs> dog? I
2: just, I just want these students to know. Come on down. We got doorbuster <laughs> deals. We got a grand opening here in Norman. <laughs> Did
0: your mama need a new trailer. We got trailers. We got all kinds of trailers. Single these Ams are line, limited edition.
2: Line. Wink, wink. They're not.
0: <laughs> do you want a dorm room with a jacuzzi? Fine. Take my house. I have seventeen of them. First, um, first, uh, first five star quarterback in the doors gets an oil rig. <laughs> Let me wow. give you Barry Switzer at the age of 75 talking about this, and it's absolutely magnificent. Uh, he said he said, you might be going to a bowl game, said Switzer of OU's opponents this that season, but everybody's gonna know you got your ass kicked by Oklahoma when <laughs> you got there, and that's <laughs> what we did.
3: <laughs> so basically Barry Switzer is the uninvited person at the wedding who shows up, he's like, You might be marrying her, but I fucked her first. Oh yeah, no, he's Ooh. showing
0: he's showing up at the wedding to be like, Yeah, I got those drawers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. This was this was a team that knew they were never going like Bedlam was the last game they played and they still they still got the UPI number one
2: based on this because uh, yeah i love that the coach's poll is like <laughs> we don't listen to the cops Fuck that we all know who's number one here the ap poll is meanwhile dutifully taking orders bunch of fucking nerds
3: um the instructions on the packet said specifically not to rank oklahoma yeah
2: why don't you do journalism rank oklahoma
1: that was a terrifying series of noises.
2: Thank you. Yeah, 70,
0: 74 is great because uh, it's it's crime pays. Like, that's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like that's 74. Do crime,
3: do crime get paid, Oklahoma football. <laughs>
0: Woo! Boomer.
3: I mean, that is sort of what Land Thieves is all about, isn't it? <laughs> hmm.
0: Start to finish, baby.
3: <laughs> oh. Boomer Toonses um so what's the last last on deck is holly has two thousand eight. Oh, one that we can all
1: actually remember mm-hmm. especially spencer he's quite old the year was 2008 uh, edsds was on wordpress still okay uh, yeah uh. we're sorry about that and in week four of 2008 a number of things happened uh, Spencer, I'm going to ask you to pull up the EDSBS post that I know we made for this first game to read uh, when I get to the end of it. It was just a series of headlines because that is what happens when number one USC holds your stars and garters, a ranked USC team face planted to not ranked Oregon State on a Thursday, which means everybody saw. The Trojans, as we were delighted to report, fell 27-21 to 21 to the Beavers in Corvallis. You may recall this also as the Jaquiz Rogers game. Uh, 37 carries, 186 yards, and two TDs at 5-6. Uh, this was also Oregon State's last... Uh, a note here: Oregon State's last prior beating of a number one came in 1967 when they won three to nothing over anybody. Uh. Also, USC and OJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oregon State was two and two at that point and had already lost to a five and seven Stanford team. Hell yeah! That's only that's only the second best. Um. That's, you know what, we may have deleted this post because it was real bad.
0: Yeah, this was, by the way, if you like missed the heyday of Pete Carroll as a college coach, the best part about Pete Carroll as a college coach was well, this.
1: I knew exactly what to Google
0: to pull this post up. <laughs> was this asked after the game what happened? He said, I don't know. (laughs) He always looked. He never had a like, well, that's the better team. He was completely clueless every time USC lost. He's like, well, we knew it was coming. We couldn't stop him. I don't know what's happening.
1: I'm just going to scroll real quick down this EDSBS post. Trojans can't pull it out. Hungry beavers suffocate Trojans. Trojans can't get it up for big night with beavers. Trojans can't come from behind. Falls short. 22 Trojans, no protection. USC to sleep in wet spot. Faced with angry beavers. Trojans flaccid. Oh, God. Oh, God. These just get worse. I'm not reading the rest of these. All right. You wrote You wrote these.
3: My favorite part about this USC Beavers season.
1: poke surreptitious hole in Trojans, comma, snatch victory.
3: I hope some people tell us children listen to this show. And again, we've made very clear that they shouldn't do that.
0: Never, um, absolutely never.
3: My favorite part about USC this year is that after losing this game, they spend they go rest, twelve and one. They spend the rest of the year not just going twelve and one, but furiously trying to just t- like it, show how strong they are against basically every other team on the schedule. Other did than did it work? It did not. It did mm. not. Other than a 17-10 win against Arizona on the road, they they just pummel everybody they beat or they beat ranked Oregon by 34 points, they beat Cal by two ranked Cal by two touchdowns, they uh they beat Penn State fairly handily in the Rose Bowl and it just doesn't matter. It just they cannot overcome the stink of losing this Oregon State game.
2: Can I throw in two quick notes on USC? Um, oh, please do. One being in 1974. I had it backwards. The AP poll did the right thing, Oklahoma number one. It was the coaches poll who were cops, so I okay. apologize to the AP. In uh, 2008, do we know how many national champions in 2008 through 2019 would be favored over 2008 USC in S&P+. Plus? The answer is one. 2013 Florida State, it would have 2008 USC over... I think 2010 Auburn and 2014 Ohio State by 10 points. This team was awesome.
3: Not on Thursday they weren't.
0: And they no. lost Oregon State. Yeah, does this no. does this cost them a national title? Yes. Yes. It cost them a shot on a national title. Thank Jack was you. Rogers you. Jacquez Rogers finishes a run with his helmet off on multiple occasions in this game. Cool.
1: So, let's move on to somebody's favorite game. Uh, number three Georgia at home to number eight Alabama. First of all, this was the black jersey game. UGA wore black jerseys. That was still happening. Um, it finished forty-one to thirty, but I need to remind you all that it was thirty-one to nothing at the half. Uh, this was also notable for being the last time John Parker Wilson scared anyone. He only passed sixteen times, uh, and No. Sean had thirty-four yards of rushing, but the reason that I keep coming back to this game is it comes closest to describing everything that I love hate about Alabama football, because there's a Dan Wetzel piece from the Alabama locker room after this game. That is maybe my favorite bit of sports writing of all time. We highlighted bad sports writing. So let's highlight good sports writing. It is five lines long. It is five, one sentence paragraphs long this section. And I'm just going to read here there were even conflict uh, the he here is saving uh, there were even conflicting reports that he smiled in the victorious locker room yes he smiled and told us he loved us reamer said no said quarterback javier arenas maybe laughed quarterback john parker wilson i'm excited said sabin looking not the least bit excited <laughs> This, is, this the- is my favorite thing that's ever happened in a locker room. Alabama players arguing over whether it's okay to let an outsider know that Saber told the team he loved them.
0: This is a this is the game that effectively kicks off a 10 year campaign to win five national titles mm. at Alabama. Yeah. And this is the one where he says, I'm excited. I'm
1: excited. But I just I love the image of Javier Arenas, not exactly a dude that you want to meet in the open field backing away from the notion that Saban told the team he loved them no he didn't (laughs) I love that he's the one who's like guys guys cut it out cut it
0: out I was gonna ask you would winning would losing one game to a team that ultimately doesn't do anything with it would that necessarily would that disqualify everyone from a national title in 2008 interesting Hmm. hmm just ask him
1: Moving on, number four, Florida lost at home to unranked Ole Miss. Spencer, do you remember anything in particular about this game in regards to a bet that we might have made? No, don't remember a thing. You don't remember a special uniform that Florida wore for this game?
0: No, not a thing.
1: Okay, then I guess we won't talk about it. No. Ole no. Miss had ten first downs. Florida had twenty-four. The final was thirty-one to thirty on a missed extra point. Florida had three turnovers. Tim Tebow, a quarterback of some renown, sorry, a tight end of some renown, fumbled away a possession, missed two wide open receivers on the last drive. That's out of character for him. And missed a crucial fourth and one at the end. Houston Nutt, quoting after the game, we can build on this. (laughs) Three years later, I am fired. Lost a school record 12 straight SEC games to... florida won the national title anyway by the way and nothing at all went wrong after that
0: yep we were fine yeah nothing nothing this game by the way like you want to talk about like means nothing didn't stop florida from winning a national title didn't stop florida from becoming a completely dysfunctional like is
3: arguably a bigger part of florida lore than old miss lore because of the damn speech mm-hmm
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, was there a speech?
3: Oh, yes. there. Yes. Oh,
1: God! No, let's let's go on to the next game. I don't yeah. want to talk about the speech. I, know. I, don't I would that. rather talk about uh, the jerseys that Florida wore for this game. Oh, no, wait. This wasn't that Ole Miss game. I'm thinking of a different Ole Miss mm-hmm. loss. We have bet on a lot of Ole Miss. Do-
0: let's never bet wait, on Wait, is Florida. this
1: my superpower? Is my superpower just knowing when Ole Miss is going to beat Florida? Because that's all I ever predict.
0: My superpower is not seeing it coming. Weird. That's, yeah. That, that's it my... only
1: works for Florida Ole Miss. I can't seem to generate it for anything else. No, this Spencer not is the Daredevil. Orange... <laughs> this is not the orange jersey game. Daredevil no. in shorts. No. All right. Anyway, um, also that week. Oh, God, this was a spicy week. Number nine, Wisconsin lost to unranked Michigan. Uh, upstart Michigan Wolverines won 27 to 25. The Wolverines <laughs> trailed 19-0 <laughs> at the half and were booed off the field. Wisconsin had four turnovers. Michigan had five, but the Badgers had theirs last. That's what matters. Nine total turnovers. Hey, it just goes to show when you have Stephen Threet and Sam McGuffey, you're never really out of a game, are you?
0: That's my favorite. This is like the ultimate, like, the poop era of Big Ten football, right? Like, late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. When you have this Wisconsin team, you're like, can you name anyone else on these teams? Anyone no one this is like talent point i can at barely list.
1: remember sam mcguffey's name like I'll, I'll i'll not forget three level midnight anytime soon but <laughs> oh anyway uh enough said about that uh with the game that we all want to talk about is number 16 wake forest falling out unranked
3: navy what hath god wrought
1: um uh, my, I'm only brent- mentioning this game because uh, Navy won twenty four seventeen. But I'm only mentioning this game because Riley Skinner threw as many interceptions in this game as Navy threw passes. Anybody want to guess how many that was? Four.
3: Four is correct. Do you think you can track when the economy is going to crash based on when Wake Forest cracks the top twenty five? Yeah. Oh shit. No. Oh.
0: To- <laughs> <laughs> Sell. Economy, economy peacon, <laughs> go demon. Deacon. Oh, economy e-
2: economy deacon.
3: Oh, the God. demon. The demon deacon does sort of look like an evil banker. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm coming for the farm. Uh,
1: Andy's a Protestant. And they ruin everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. God, man, that's a thought that's gonna fester. Sorry. Okay.
2: Scheming deacon.
1: <laughs> okay. Number twenty I got two I got two more games that I'm throwing in for uh because they were both technically in the top twenty-five. This feels less bloody. Um uh, ECU was ranked for a second, lost to Houston 41-24, never trust skip holtz. Both teams had four turnovers and Houston still won by seventeen. <laughs> this was like the ball itself was covered with blood this week. But anyway. I'm bringing it home with number Clem- twenty Clemson losing at home to unranked Maryland. You know why? Willie Corn alert. Willie Corn. Willie Corn. Willie Corn. Willie Corn was the backup quarterback in this twenty to seventeen loss to the Terps. Clemson blew a lead in the second half, and it was a very important game because Tommy Bowden slipped to three and two after this and the opening hammering by Mama, then resigned six games into the season, taking his bitch mentality home with him and opening the door for one Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Tommy Bowden, by the way, does anybody want to, Spencer can't guess because he's looking at my notes, Ryan, Jason, do you guys want to guess how many seasons Tommy Bowden was at Clemson? If you um, count this one as like a half
3: season. I think I want to say it's like seven or eight nine okay. and a half okay all right
1: nine and a half seasons for tommy bowden america really is a meritocracy y'all
3: what is the best clemson record in that um stretch mm. i can i can look this up hold on
0: this one because it got them Dabo sweaty um that's the yeah. best record S-
3: so clemson has two nine win seasons in the stretch in 2003 they went nine and four that's with a peach bowl win mm-hmm. in 2007 the, year and the other one they this. lost the chick-fil-a that yes year. yes and that's that's the 2017 so yes. like uh a very a very middle of the road ACC team. a very like top middle of the road if that's a thing, AC. I remember two.
1: that because that was the random Chick Fil A bowl that went to like triple overtime or something, double um, overtime.
3: And how many how many seasons have has Clemson had under Dabo where they have won fewer than nine games? Oh, interesting. One. Yep, just one in 2010.
2: Could Dabo was, have that was done the one it when without? Everyone was like, "We got to fire this we guy." Fire He's Could Dabo out.
3: have done yes. this
1: without the foundation that Tommy Bowden laid? <laughs> Cadabo have won those has Dabo have started so high up without Tommy Bowden's play. <coughs> Tommy
3: Bowden's I, I think in many ways it's still Tommy Bowden's program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: People yeah, say let, that let me give you by the way this was when you talk about like Sabin
2: rising this mm-hmm. was <laughs>
1: That's, don't don't say that he's very sensitive he's, up to,
0: he's
2: up to five seven <laughs> yeah, he can only rise so far. The
1: same and rising like a kid trying to get on the vortex at the traveling carnival.
0: Remember that this was this entire thing started with a 3410 thumping of Clemson in the Georgia Dome where uh, a couple of things happened. The the I believe it was C.J. Spiller as a fresh or no, it's Jacoby Ford. Jacoby Ford was promised the first carry as a recruit. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Jacoby 40s He's promised the first carry against Alabama. He fumbles. Alabama <laughs> instantly scores off that. Clemson has no pulse for the rest of the game and just lays down and dies for the rest of the game. Like, doesn't, just doesn't, in retrospect, like Clemson is one of the smartest teams to ever play prime to peak era save in Alabama because they got a, a whiff of it and they were like, nah, 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 we'll, we'll come back. We've got, we've got like, 11 more games on the schedule. Okay. We're just going to stick to this. But-
1: I will give Ryan or Jason a million dollars if you can tell me who was quarterback in Clemson that year.
3: In, two, in 2000, what
1: yeah. year was this? Yeah. This uh, was back when all of Clemson's quarterbacks and Auburn's quarterbacks were interchangeable.
3: Yeah, I got nothing.
0: And they was all this,
2: said,
1: was this a Whitehurst year? No, this was a Cullen Harper year, who oh, is yeah. now a dentist.
3: That, good. Honestly, good for him.
1: Yeah. Well, he's a dentist in Augusta don't get too excited
3: um jason is it fair to say that this is a good example of a chaos week that did not actually that that should have potentially impacted things but didn't mostly because oh wait i'm sorry i'm
1: sorry i'm sorry one more stat one more stat um uh, the reason i brought up colin harper is because his backwards scrambling for 28 yards in that bama game left clemson with 14 carries for zero yards on the ground in that game (laughs)
0: They were playing as a scramble, but Cullen Harper got him back to par.
1: Anyway, please continue.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think this was a deeply consequential blood week because I mean, USC w- would probably be favored over Florida or, or Oklahoma in the sure. title game without right. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, G- Georgia would um, not have deep, complex emotions about what color jersey it wears to this day. They might have switched jersey colors by now. No, there was that
1: one. There's that one cocktail party though.
3: I think it's mostly that...
1: Um, I feel like that would have stuck in their craws a little bit more.
3: You look at the final AP rankings, which are Florida 1, USC 3. Two teams that both lost this week. Who's who's stuck in the middle between them? Utah, huh. who, f- who finished the season undefeated. What and, conference were they in? Um, the, the, the other pac A uh, uh,
2: Pre-power, pre-power. Ah, mm. interesting. You, you saw I was uh, uh, plugging in the power. Listen, oh, the map, man, the,
1: y'all... The Mountain y'all West we're is a bringing this up this year so it's fine y'all were bringing this up and i completely forgot until this second uh <clears throat> that players were clamoring in the preseason to bring out george's black jerseys for notre dame uh wouldn't that be a fine wouldn't this be a fine weekend if we if we spoke that into being on this here thursday podcast